Hello, everyone. This is Millennials and Money Cafe, and I am Marilyn O'Malley, and today's show is Overcoming the Starving Artist Syndrome and Owning the Value of Your Gifts. And um, today's guest is uh, Jessica Saren, and um, I'll be telling you a little bit about her in just a minute, but welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Hi, Marilyn. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Um, so, uh, again, I'm Marilyn O'Malley from MarilynO'Malley.com is my website, and I show amazing, talented, sensitive, and creative leaders and experts who struggle with perfection, being seen and heard, and not making enough money, how to how to stand out and be seen and receive wealth, love, pleasure, power, and joy into their lives. And um, Jessica is an artist, a guide, a psychocartographer. Am I saying that right? Psychocartographer. Psychocartographer. Behind her, thank you, internationally exhibited painting and the recently published psychocartographic project called Field Guide to the Czech Psyche. She makes images that connect others to the truth of their own experiences. And when not making her own art, she helps super smart, highly sensitive artists step into their brilliance, own their genius, and take it out into the world in the most miraculous ways. Her ability to see the genius in others and give them permission to step into it, combined with a seamless blend of intuition and logic, are the force that helps her usher more authentic, full-bodied creativity into the world. Lit up by marketing, her coaching programs are changing the limited, limiting beliefs and starving artist paradigms that hold so many artists back. She makes marketing and creativity seem like two sides of the same coin. So welcome, welcome again, Jessica. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here doing this call with you. I am too. I've, I've, I've waited for this time and, and to share, um, Jessica is one of my clients and like a star cli- rock star client and she uh, knows what she talks about and she walks her talk and um, so it's, and, and I have seen the work that she's doing in the world and how she is um, a brilliant leader for creatives and artists and um, her passion to um, put it all on the line. You know, she's like willing to go to those places that uh, most of the population is not willing to go uh, because in some ways she can't help herself. (laughs) I can relate to that because... Because her calling is to help others do that, you know, and so um, so Jessica and I have, have kindred hearts here and that 
that we're, you know, a lot of times we can understand why people don't necessarily want to do what we ask them to do because it's not what the majority of people are doing. And um, yet, as a creative and as an artist, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is trying to do what other people are doing. <laughs> and our thing is to stand out and shine and be, you know, bring bring this um, bring our gifts out into the world and be us. And yet, that's one of the most terrifying things to for us to do. And so, um, since this today's call on is overcoming the starving artist syndrome and owning the value of your gifts. We're going to start off by sharing uh, some examples of what that starving artist can look like. And I want to share with you all that this is such a huge topic, and we're not going to cover everything today um, because there's a lot of different ways that the starving artist will show up. And I want to also share that we're not just talking about fine artists. We're talking about uh, musicians, we're talking about innovators, inventors, um, we're talking about entrepreneurs, anybody that's got, um, you know, creative energy filmmakers. Um, um, there's a certain, you know, that the creative has to create. And, and you will know if you're creative, because if we said we were going to take your creativity away, so could be it, like a chef. Or if, and I remember thinking that being creative is one of my values, and if ever anybody took that away from me, I would die. I would shrivel up. It's like it's my, my life force, and I do it in a lot of different ways. And so that's one of the things that we're going to share is the variety of ways that this starving artist syndrome shows up and the blocks you know, what's creating that and how to change that from, from the starving artist or from, from surviving to thriving. And, um, and then we're also, I'm going to do some um, energy work with you at the end uh, to help shift, some, help you shift some of that energy. So um, Jessica, is there anything else you want to add as part of the intro and then you can go ahead and, and start sharing um, some examples of the starving artist. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I was really thinking and feeling into was, you know, this whole issue of, and the way we titled the show was, Owning the Value of Your Gifts. And I remember just how, even not that long ago, that was a really nebulous concept to me. You know, whenever anyone would talk about the value of my gifts or feeling like I deserved something, I remember really just not getting it at the time. And so I just, I feel like I just want to say something about, you know, getting into this territory around value and self-worth and making money. It's all really deep and profound stuff. And um, I'm just, you know, setting the intention that we're opening up a really safe space for people to to honor the magnitude of these questions in their lives and also hopefully to start shining a mirror on the fact that, you know, as creatives, like you were saying, Marilyn, what we're doing is visionary. It doesn't exist yet. And so we're constantly putting ourselves out there in ways that, like you said, are really confronting. 
And, and because that's the territory that we're constantly in, it can feel like we're on our edge often. Mm-hmm. We're really on our edges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think the other, the other thing connected to this that, you know, we're talking about making money, and what I've really come to realize through working with my clients and in my own life is one of the fundamental ways that I see the starving artist syndrome showing up is actually not even valuing ourselves as artists, meaning it's not like there's all of these other manifestations where maybe we don't feel comfortable asking for money or selling our art, but even beneath that is not giving ourselves the time, space, and permission to even make our art. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like before we can even start monetizing or asking for money, from our creations, one of the ways that we're really not valuing ourselves is not even showing up for ourselves and making it. Mm-hmm. Not and, honoring. Uh, right. Can I add, because you're bringing up, a, so this is a place, so we're going to just do a little dance here. Um, so I want to share that that is, um, you know, a big part, and that was part for me, that was where the starving artist showed up for me, even though I, I, you know, I wasn't literally starving or suffering because I was, I, I had a husband, I was, uh, uh, had children, but I was creating art all the time, but it was when everything else was done. And, um, I was always, you know, last. It was, it was, uh, um, you know, that, um, I, when everybody else was taken care of, then I could, you know, create. And that it was a luxury. It wasn't an expression of me. I hadn't owned it. What you were speaking to is like, I didn't own that this was something inside of me that needed to come out and value that because I wasn't valuing me. I was valuing everybody else first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not putting the art in its rightful place in our lives, which is quite often mm-hmm. for us artists and creatives right at the center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and so do you want to, why don't you share a little bit about you? So give some of the descriptions, like for you, what did it look like um, as, uh, you know, the starving artist syndrome before you got started shifting up. Yeah. My my wealth consciousness was so low for such a long time. So there were specific things like, um, it's not that I didn't sell artwork, but if I had to have the conversation, if somebody said to me, what does a piece of art cost? Or what does this piece cost? I would stammer and stutter and automatically in my head think I should lower the price or offer a discount. This was huge. Like, I could not just say the numbers out loud that I had decided and ask for that money for, in my case, a painting. Um, I, I consistently just lived hand-to-mouth. You know, I would do odd jobs while I was also painting, and I was having exhibitions, but there was never any consistent income. And... Even worse than that, I didn't even think to expect it. 
On some level, I thought it was completely okay and normal to live this way. Um, I, I had to depend on my parents for money for a lot longer than I'm even comfortable admitting. Um, I would often want to give my artwork away or trade it instead of actually having to have the conversation about money. Like I was in such avoidance about money that I couldn't even have these conversations. Um, and at the same token, another way it showed up was I would spend money on art supplies and I could justify that but there was almost nothing else in my life where I didn't feel really bad in panic if I was spending money on myself. Like I wouldn't go shopping. I wouldn't take myself out for nice meals. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I'd cut my own hair. All of these things, and I, I, I actually felt like somehow it was a virtue mm-hmm. <laughs> to do these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that is, you know, it's like... And and here's, you know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is your beliefs, as you're hearing, it's your beliefs about who you are as an artist and how you have to, you know, it's old conditioning, old beliefs that have and programming that's been passed on generation after generation after generation. Um, and... Uh, you know, communications that you've heard from people. I know I heard from my grandpa, who was a big influencer in my life, when he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to make artwork. And he said, you can't make a living with art. And, I, mm-hmm. and, and that devastated me, and I believed him. You know, he was, uh, and, and it was just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Um, so, and, and started hearing that over and over. And our society has this, um, has, beliefs that anybody who is unconventionally creative is a starving artist, you know, and just assume that you're not going to make it. You know, it's like I'm sure people have heard that are are on this call um, or um, listening to it later have heard, you know, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to get a real job? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when are you going to, when are you going to be like us? (laughs) And, and and that's so sad, you know. So and this is and 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 the starving artist has been romanticized, um, you know, through books and, and you know passing uh, for, through literature and poems and and you know the the biographies of of artists and and we've come to believe that you know if somehow you're 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 um, struggling, then your art will be better than if you're a rich person making art. And so we have to understand that, like, you have this old programming, these old ideas, these old visions. Uh, you know, it's just like if you think about a musician, that, that they'll tell you most of the time when their greatest music comes out is when, when they broke up with their longtime, you know, partner or, or something bad's happened in their life and they get motivated to express it. And, and you know, it's, it's actually we – when – those are it's like our suffering allows us to go to our deepest place, but you don't have to suffer to go to your deepest core and and feel free to express that out in the world so um I just want to touch think, on that yeah, and I think it 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 
really makes me think as well about the fact that so many artists, what we struggle with is we don't feel like we're even contributing members of society because what we're doing is somehow frivolous and a luxury. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. art and culture are things that are meant to be a part of your life once you've taken care of everything else. And so I think mm-hmm. it's a really, you know, it's it's hard because a lot of artists know that it's their purpose and their calling, but at the same time, it feels like it's so not valued and honored. And so we internalize all of that. Yeah. And we feel yeah. like yeah. it's, it's yeah. It's not okay to be an artist. It's not enough. I have to do something else, something more practical. Right, right. And so so we're going to get into, I think we can, I'm trying to think of, um, so we're, we're going to share with you, you know, the symptoms of this, the beliefs that are around this, and um, and, and share some stories of, of different clients to try and give you um, um you know, clear pictures of of how this can show up, but um, it it's so. Let's start describing what the the starving artist syndrome is. Is we, we've we've talked about it. Just how society sees it, something that's romanticized. So if you can get this, is a this is a state of mind. This is a uh, you know a belief system. So um, so to start questioning your beliefs about who a creative can be, you know, so like look at yourself and go, what am I believing about uh, myself creating? And, um, and you know, where did these beliefs that I've got to suffer in order to create something great or that what I'm doing is not good enough or it's not safe for me um, to do this? And a lot of it has come from, again, our society, our conditions, our culture. You know, if, if creativity is not valued in your culture, um, if, uh, a, um, you know, a woman can't work um, and can't, uh, you know, be independent in your culture, um, you know, for for a lot of us, even being an entrepreneur, the the you know, if you're a baby boomer and stuff, it's like women didn't really make money. Women weren't really business women. We didn't grow up with that uh, behind us. So um, thinking about your your work, here's another, is like, again, that um, Jessica was talking about, is valuing what you do and taking what you do from a hobby into a business, thinking of it as a business, thinking that it is worthy that you providing, whether it's music, whether it's an invention, whether it's designing something, whether it's fine art and bringing beauty into the world, whether it's making people laugh uh, with cartoons or humor um, uh, or weep through poetry or dancing or a song, um, that you know, realizing that you are offering um, a brilliant gift to the world and that only you can bring that gift. And only you know what that gift is deep inside of you. And that gift is not like anybody else's. So one of the things that, you know, keeps us in this place um, of thinking uh, of holding us back from really sharing our gifts um, 
is things that we've learned in our family where we're not good enough or we have to be perfect before we can receive rewards or uh, beliefs about that, you know, we're, it's not safe for us to be seen um, because we were, as children, um, you know, if we stood out, then somehow we were either bullied or we might have been abused um, or we were, uh, you know, criticized and judged in in, in um, a very hurtful way. And so, and particularly being sensitive, you know, we, we um, get overwhelmed by a lot of that stuff. Or we also, as sensitive, get overwhelmed thinking, I just want to go create. I don't want to think about business. And I think that's where, you know, another thing is like art and business don't go together. And, um, you know, that taking it from that hobby to that, to that place of really valuing what you're doing, valuing your time, valuing your your gifts, valuing your um, your your uh, talent, and what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. I think you were speaking to that. Do you want to speak more to that? Yeah, that's such Jessica? an interesting topic. I do because I know so many artists and I see this with my clients where when it comes to anything around words like marketing and business and sales, one of the big fears is that it's going to affect the work, that the work is going to somehow become more superficial or, you know, they're going to start feeling like they have to do work for others versus work that comes from their most authentic voice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, I I understand it. I really, really understand it because I think that there's definitely a time for us to really valid, like give ourselves permission to make our own work without people influencing us and not doing it for anybody other than ourselves. But I think Uh that we end up, I think, you know, there's this myth and we do ourselves a disservice when we feel and we're so afraid that... You know, if I if I show my work, if I try to sell it, you know, if people start seeing more and more of it, it's going to mean that I'm going to lose my voice. And I've actually found that the opposite is quite true, that the more that I put myself out there and have a presence and give myself permission to speak about it and, and have to speak about it because I need to represent myself well, it actually has deepened my ability to honor and respect and value what I do in my own voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people call that one of the terms is selling out. Like I, I, I remember a lot of my artist friends were like, well, I could make lots of money if I mass produce what everybody wants, but it, it you know, making my own stuff, and I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we, so, so you start Imagine that that's in your mind, I don't want to sell out. So that's actually a barrier that will keep you from moving forward or doing anything um, else, you know, in, in, a, in a big way. Because there's – so I, I would say – this is just coming to mind. So when you – what we're asking you to do is look, number one, question the beliefs that you have around being creative. And where are your beliefs limiting you? Um, so, again, like, do you have to suffer in order to make great art? Do you have to um, – is, is 
you know, what would it mean for um, are you putting art on the back burner after everything else is done when it's really important and it's the expression of who you are and it's the gift that you're bringing here to the world? Why are you doing that? Um, and, uh, you know, watching the thing, like, so if you were to take a moment here and imagine yourself being a successful artist, um, what would it be, what would that, what first comes to mind? I want you guys to think about this. What are the first things that come to mind? Like you can have everything that you want being an artist. Um, and I want you to see what pops up into your head. And so there will be the positive things. And like maybe it's recognition. And maybe some of you, it's like, oh, my God, I won't have any privacy. I'm going to be so famous and that people I won't be able to go out and meet, you know, that, that um, or, oh, my God, I'm going to have to work so hard, and then I'm going to have to live up to that, um, or people are going to be jealous of me, people will abandon me, um, people are going to think, who the hell do, do you think you are? And for some of you, it will be like, there's no, you know, there's no blocks. Go for it. But for a lot of us, there's all these little things. And so I'm going to share a little mm. story with you about um, one of my clients came to me after she graduated from from uh, college, and she was wanting to go uh, live in Argentina. Now, she or her creativity is photography, and she was a journalist. And she's, you know, very adventurous, entrepreneurial um, mindset. And her parents were shaming her. We're like, no way. You need to get a nine-to-five job. You know, we put you through college. What are you doing? Get real. You know, just really, you can't leave. Um, and just really this this huge battle around her wanting to go off and then, like, start writing and, you know, pursuing her career in this adventurous way because she wants to be a travel writer. And so and so here I want you to see that there's some loyalty, like being loyal to my family and doing what feels right and being guilted and shamed, and yet at the same time her her work with me was about, you know, what is important to you and what is it that's really within you that is wanting to be expressed because if you do follow the other, if you live their life and how they see you, they're not you, you're going to end up being depressed and not happy with your life. And and so anyway, we worked out, we worked out uh, where she eventually, you know, went and again, so this is like, don't give up if it that if if it doesn't seem like it's an easy path, you know, because you have other people around you not supporting you, and that's another thing. It's like surround yourself with people that get you. Surround yourself with people that number one have money in their life and appreciate money uh, that are not starving. And then are also creative, that, that understand the creative genius and that, you know, it takes time, it takes steps. And uh, so I want to share with this uh, just a quick with uh, my client. So she, she goes on, she starts writing, right? And she's now she's not making a full living at this, so she's, 
she's working in restaurants or whatever, but she's made it that she's writing for, for magazines and traveling, you know, what it's like in Argentina. And she keeps doing this and she keeps following her intuition. She keeps following her expression. She's shooting photographs. She's learning as she goes. But she's also incorporating, you know, ways to get, like I said, help her survive, working in um, a restaurant to to keep her going, um, to help, you know, pay the bills. But as she's doing this, she starts to build momentum where she's writing for various magazines and stuff, travel magazines, and they're, they're sending her now on trips all over, and um, she's taking photographs, and you know, just little by little, she didn't give up on her art, but she always was knew that, um, you know, she, there was work she had to do. She had to put herself out there. She had to get exposure to say, hey, people, I'm here. This is what I have to offer. And today, um, you know, she is writing for a variety of different magazines and uh, travel agencies and, and traveling the world and writing about those experiences and taking and photographing. And she just keeps growing and creating um, who she is, you know, letting that evolve as she goes. And now she's fully living on her creative, her creative endeavors. But um, to just know there's steps that you have to take and there's beliefs that you have to transform. And the other nugget that I wanted to add in there is knowing where you want to go. What is it that you want to do? Instead of it's just like, so having a vision of of just the next step. What do, what do I want to create in the world? What What's important to me? Um, and just keep creating from there, I think of it as planting a garden. So it's like knowing those things that are in your way, knowing the starving artist um, beliefs that are holding you back. And then those are like weeds in the garden. So you're preparing the garden. You're going to start, ah, I see those weeds. I see those blocks in my, in my, uh, that are in my way. And you just start not paying attention to them. And then you start saying, what do I want to plan in my garden? What am I creating for myself? What, how am I designing my life? And now you start choosing. I'm going to spend X amount of time. Um, actually, uh, why don't you talk about planning the garden because that's one of the things that you do a lot with artists too. So, Jessica, how do you well, get I... your... How do I get what? Get your clients because um, you have get your ass in the studio, right? Yeah, and one of the things, I love what you're saying about the vision, too, because one of the things that we always start with is this vision. What is the vision you have for the next step and also for your life as an artist? Mm-hmm. And it really starts with committing to it fully. And I know that that was the defining moment in my life where I really switched into being a professional artist because I finally decided that I would not take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful, and I see it with my clients, and it means that exactly what you're saying, that along the way, we're going to have to address every fear and every limiting belief, and they're going to keep coming up, you know, and it's beautiful that they come up because it means that we can actually address them and work through them and and do some healing and and tap through them as you and I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's that a lot of it has to do with both 
the commitment to it, saying yes, yes to my vision, and I won't take no for an answer, and then creating some kind of a container for ourselves, whether that's, you know, investing in somebody who can help you be accountable or create a deadline. You know, any of these things where suddenly it's no longer an option to make art and make money, but you're demanding it, essentially, of the universe. And it's one of the most powerful things that I see happening in my clients' lives and when they do that, when they make deadlines, commit and say, okay, by this date I'm having the workshop or I'm doing the exhibition or I will have X number of pieces or I will start my blog. And that's when the magic really happens and the universe sweeps in and starts to bring these amazing things our way Mm -hmm. to help make it a reality. Yes, our our commitment in ourselves and valuing ourselves. Number, you know, so one of the things, uh, one of the um, blocks that we create um, as a or as a child that we don't under that we don't even know is that um, depending on you know how you grew your your family environment growing up, but a lot of us have made vows to not have needs and desires, particularly if we had narcissistic or uh, parents that were bipolar or, you know, had depression or were very self-centered or uh, overbearing um, or made you feel guilty about wanting something and you didn't have it, where you came from a, a family of scarcity. And so we made these vows as children to have not have wants and needs and to be strong and, and we can do it on our own and, um um, I want you to see how there's, we're not even really talking about dollars and cents yet. Can you see how it's just like our beliefs about our worthiness, about our ability to have, you know, allow ourselves to have desires and needs, allow ourselves to receive um, ex- an exchange, an investment in, in our gifts that we, in our services that we give to the world. It, it has to do with our inner work first. That that that's where. And Jessica, didn't you you got this? This was a this was a big part. You know, was allowing the money to flow, allowing the money to the literal money come into your life was once you got out of your own way. Yeah, and what you're really speaking to as well is getting out of my own way and getting into the desires and reality about what I actually need in my life to feel supported and to thrive as an artist. Yeah. And the more that I honor that and and stop doing, you know, things like I used to make all of my own canvases. I would, you know, never pay somebody to deliver a painting. I wouldn't get help with an installation. I was doing all of it myself. And it wasn't until I stopped and I said, you know what would really feel good is actually if I had somebody do this. If I made money so that I could pay money, pay somebody else to do it, that's when things actually started to flow. Because the money comes when there's a reason for it to come. And when we say, damn it, I am worth having this kind of support. I'm worth the studio space. I'm worth the time to create. You know, I'm worth all of the materials I require. Um, Yeah, that's when so much started to shift for me. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's mm-hmm. and, and I think too that this is, speaks really importantly to those sensitives who are out there thinking they're gonna be overwhelmed by, you know, thinking of their creativity as a business. And 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 so we're thinking all about the business rather about ourselves. So what what Jessica and I are, are speaking to is think about yourself first. How can you support yourself in being that creative being that you're here to be? And who who is that creative being within you? And when you really let go of these blocks and these things that are holding you back or keeping you small, uh, because it doesn't feel safe to be seen or judged or criticized or, um, you know, that, that um, or, or feel like you're worthy because you have made these vows um, inside, then you um, will hold yourself back and your, your brilliance can't come out. Once you start peeling these, these parts of you that are not really you, that um and you start allowing that full expression of who you are the your power your your creative force your life force which are in your lower three chakras in your belly you know that in your soul that wants to come out it's it's like you get turned on to life. You're turned on to what you're doing. You're really excited. You start attracting to you um, the means and ways to accomplish things that you've never even imagined yourself doing before. So, so part of your vision would be for you to be thinking, how would my life look if I was really supported in my genius with my brilliance showing up? What would I need to have into place? Um, and how would that feel for me to be able to do that? So see, you're focusing on what you desire versus what you don't want. So now you'll start to thrive instead of holding yourself back and um starving or or struggling with your challenges. Yeah, and I I have go ahead. I just also like to draw the parallel with the artists I work with that essentially our most authentic and powerful work comes when we give ourselves full permission to be ourselves with our art and to do everything that we really desire to do. So really honoring all of the impulses and ooh like I want to use this color and this material and go to those places that feel edgy and kind of naughty. And usually that's when we have the breakthroughs. And I find that as soon as we start to apply that to the rest of our, to the rest of our lives and to making money, and we're willing to push ourselves out there and say, you know what, actually, what I'd really love, you know, is, is this much money or to have this experience or to wear this outfit for my opening reception. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bringing that same energy of the desires and the impulses into the rest of our lives and watching the most amazing expression of ourselves come out not just in our art, but in how we're living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and um, and, and to, don't get caught in how is this going to happen. All you have to do 
you're all beautifully strong imaginers, <laughs> visionaries. You have a powerful inner creative mind. Use that powerful inner creative mind to start designing your life authentically so that, so that it is rich and juicy and sexy and turned on and, you know, has that edge to it or has that flow to it or sparkle that, that represents who you are or even darkness. You know, so it's like it does not it doesn't have to be all big and bright. It can be, you know, really powerfully um, you know, emotional and deep and, you know, going places that most people don't go. But you're here to influence others. You're here to bring creations and vision into the world that 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 nobody else has. And so to give yourself permission to express that. And I want it, and then I'm going to put on the end of this. I understand, and this is what we're here for today, why it can feel terrifying, why it can feel, um, hold you back. There's a lot of unconscious, like we were talking about, beliefs and habits and vows that you've made, which are deeply hidden beliefs, um, as a child um, in order to create, to, to make you be safe, to make you be a part of the tribe and let the part that, you know, that the tribe will accept you and take care of you and um, so that you could thrive, you know, it was, it was survival. And a lot of us in our childhood were not, um, you know, brought up like, yeah, go ahead, be you. <laughs> Sure, be, be you. We have people like, oh, you're too much or you're too shy or you're too whatever. And, you know, but it really wasn't about you. It was about your parents couldn't handle you. They, they, they couldn't handle because their life was, was stressed out. So it's having mm-hmm. compassion for that little child that you were growing up and all of the things that happened to you, uh, either about standing out, being seen and heard, um, being loyal to the family or rebelling against the family um, and doing it their way versus your way um, and um, not feeling safe to really be you uh, because you were, you know, taught to fit in and you were taught this is what we do. Uh, you know, we work hard. You're going to have to work hard to survive. You're going to have to work hard to get ahead, to make money. Um, or the woman's place is in the home, not in the workplace. Or, um, you know, art is frivolous. You know, but you, you know, do these other things. Or a lot of us that are sensitive, too, are really good problem solvers and really good at taking care of other people. So we're the nurturers. Things that you're naturally good at that you would do for free are still a service. So, you know, understanding that, you know, that that is a skill of yours um, and your intuitive nature and knowing what others need before they even know it and our sensitivity is seeing the things out there in the world that aren't right that, and we know how to fix it or we know what needs to be done, that is our gift. And that and, and, our, and our, um, our calling to, you know, help 
what else is that? Help um, by following through and expressing whatever that creativity, finding that solution, supporting those people, but understanding your worth in that and that you deserve. You are here to have pleasure. You you are here to um, enjoy um, life and to um, experience the world in a very dynamic way, not a limited way. And um, the more that you can do that, um, the more that you, the real you, will start to blossom um, and come out and express itself and you will feel ignited and um, just, you know, be turned on to your life and turned on to you. So the more you can love you, um, the more the world will be turned on to you and you can shine your light. Mm. Um, I just want to share in in one way for, for some reason this keeps coming up just I'm going to share another example and this isn't a uh, this is another way of being creative I have a client who is actually an advisor to a senator and she is super creative in big ways you know, and, and so there's different ways to be creative, right? And she is creating um, a new way to do things in in um, education, and um, and anyway, and and for her in the beginning, she was had had a lot of battle, had a lot of beliefs that you have to battle through, and she was coming up and living her life in a very masculine way. You know, she's ready for battle, that she everything she has to do is going to be a battle. But she was an incredible manifester for everybody else, like for the senator, for anybody that needed to raise money for, you know, program and this program that she had developed um, and was and working with um, um, in, her, in her communities and in her state, um, like huge, huge manifester creator, just unbelievable. But to do it for herself was like that was where the battle was, and and her not being worthy, and and um, and et cetera. And she came from money, but she she had a battle with it. Um, so just sharing that, you know, even though you might come with from money, you you have a battle with it. You can you can. There's a lot of different issues there too. So it isn't like you have to be starving to have money issues. Um, but so what happened was once she got in touch with removing some of these beliefs about her value and her and her deservingness to be her and to be a powerful, strong woman versus a woman acting like a man, um, everything started shifting for her. And um, and the things instead of the battle for her to be in the flow of in the creative and use her feminine intuition and to be following that and to keep shining her light. She kept, you know, she's like, oh my god, and I, she just kept hearing Marilyn O'Malley say, shining, I'm shining my light, I'm glowing, I'm glowing. She has now gotten connected to the top 
people in in the the, the movers and shakers of of the world that are helping her that love what she has created are helping her launch. She has numbers and connections that the senator doesn't even have. And they're like calling her and she's not a political person. She's the she's an advisor. She's she's actually a citizen advising this the senator. And now her world has so opened up and she's do it like she loves masterminding and, and you know, the idea and she's like Oh my God! I'm I'm living the life of my dreams right now, you know. And she's creating with these other people, and she and her way of creating is allowing them to come in from the government level and create in a new way they haven't created before. So I just want to share: you're always influencing, and there's all different levels of influencing, whether it's just in your family, or whether it's in your community, or with your friends. Or uh, you know nationally, uh, or or globally. So um, and and that's always going to grow. So that's just one another way to I want I wanted to um, share. Mm. That's amazing. That's so beautiful, Marilyn. <laughs> Is it? And, and and I just want to say every artist can do this. You know, it's like every creative. We're all doing that. That's different. And once and 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 you know this so well too. Uh, Jessica, is about you know once you once you you're removing those parts your your those beliefs and stuff and you get the stuff that isn't true out of the way, you know you you have just blossomed incredibly and turned your life on and you know and it not only affects your business it affects everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's a perfect segue because we were gonna do some tapping. So I'm yes. I just feel like I'm I'm so excited for everyone on the call to really get once those beliefs are identified how to actually uproot them and how the tapping facilitates that. Because yeah. I always have the, the biggest breakthroughs after our tapping sessions. Okay. So um, yeah, so I was thinking too, but I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything else yet. All right, so I'm going to take you through an exercise, guys, and I want you to close your eyes. And take a nice deep breath. And I want you to visualize standing um, very nicely groomed and dressed at the front of a room filled with at least 30 people. And most of whom have some relevance or authority um, over your becoming successful or your income um, or your advancement in in your life. And if you have a job in a company, then that would be your boss or your manager or your colleagues. Um, Include people who are dependent on you doing your job and also people who are at least partly responsible for how much money you make or whether you get a raise or how much that raise will be. And if you're an entrepreneur, um, fill this room with your targeted audience. So all you artists, like who who is going to be um, buying your artwork or who's going to be investing in you? Um, it could also be, you know, so your students, if you're teaching, um, can be, um, just fill that room with everybody, uh, your clients, 
anyone else could, who could offer a good opportunity for you. And you might not know who they are. You don't have to define all that, but it's the feeling of it. And as you stand there facing them, I want you to imagine yourself saying, okay, and I want you to say this out loud. I am awesome at what I do. I am a rock star at what I do. And I totally deserve to be paid well for this. So I'm going to say it again, and I want you to stand up there, and after each sentence, say it out loud. I am awesome at what I do. I am a rock star at what I do. And I totally deserve to be paid well for this. So I just want you to notice the audience response. I want you to notice your response. How did you feel? Was that terrifying? Did you want to shrink away? Did people get up and stand up and clap? Or are they going, oh, yeah. Okay, prove it. Let's see. Um, And wide variety. Everybody's going to have a different answer. Just want you to note what that is. Now we're going to do some tapping. So um, those of you that have not done tapping, this is uh, what we're doing is the tapping we are we are working on pressure uh, acupressure points, um, basically around the face. And what these do is they and the reason we're bringing up the emotions that are really there. Um, and if I don't say something that's come up for you, just say it yourself. Um, but we want to really tap into exactly what is going on and those fears. And even though it feels like, oh, I don't want to put my attention on them, we do. Because through this tapping, it neutralizes, takes away that fight or flight in that reptilian part of your brain. And it neutralizes that so that you're not emotionally uh, overwhelmed by, by that uh, thought anymore. And it lowers your cortisol level so you can relax. And then we'll do a positive on top of that, which will raise your positive hormones, serotonin and dopamine. So they've done 25 years of study on this. And um, they don't know exactly how else it works, but they know that much. It changes the way the brain works. And and it's physiologically changing things in your body so that it calms you down and you're not going to have the attachment. So if we were to say... um, you're, uh, I'm awesome at what I do. Um, I'm a rock star at what I do, and I totally deserve to pay, be paid well for this. We're going to start tapping now, and I want you, so I'm going to tell you where you're going to, we're going to start at the inside of the eyebrow. Oh my God, this is terrifying. And you're going to repeat after me. So, oh my God, this is terrifying. Repeat after me while tapping on the inside of your eyebrow. And now we're going to go to the outside of the eye, right next to the eye on the bone. I've got to get out of this room. And now the bone right under the eye. Just tap with two fingers. About You're going to tap about five or six times. So scary. Under the nose. I feel so vulnerable right now. Under the bottom lip. I want to just disappear. Uh, So right in that soft spot, right under the collarbone, 
I am feeling my vow to stay invisible. On the top of the head, I, I can't say I'm awesome at what I do. Inside of the eyebrow. I can't say that out loud. Side of the eye. I'm just medium. Under the eye. That's what I want people to hear. Under the nose. Because I can see it all. Under the bottom lip. They're judging me. Under the collarbone. They're looking at me skeptically. Top of the head. They're shocked and offended that I said this. Inside of the eyebrow. They're definitely judging me. Side of the eye. Wondering if I'm good enough. Under the eye. Who does he think she is? Or who does he think he is? Under the nose. Oh, I want to run and hide. Under the bottom lip. I don't want to be this vulnerable. Under the collarbone. I feel very vulnerable right now. Top of the head. This is really scary. Inside of the eye. I would never say something like that. Inside of the eye. It's not right. Under the eye. I have a rule about that. Under the nose. It's just not appropriate. Under the bottom, under the bottom lip. I've made a vow to never shine this brightly. Under the collarbone. Never to be seen like this. Top of the head. I believe I have great talents and unique abilities. Inside the eyebrow. But I don't want to say that out loud. Side of the eye. I don't want to share that with people under the eye. They'll judge me under the nose. They'll reject me under the bottom lip. They will be skeptical of my abilities. Collarbone. This is all too scary. Top of the head. I feel my vow to stay invisible because I want to disappear right now. All right. Take a deep breath. So I want you to know that um, just feel that. You want to honor, always honor how you're feeling and what you're going through. And so you're just really saying, even though this is triggering me and I have beliefs around this, but I also love and honor who I am and that I'm unique and I'm a one of a kind and I'm really good at what I do. And so even though this feels scary and vulnerable, I do love bringing my gifts into the world and I put my heart and soul into it. And I really love sharing that. So I'm going to honor that too. So now we're going to tap through uh, the points using um, using some following phrase. Uh phrases here. So some more positive, okay? So starting at the eyebrow again, I actually love the way I am on the side of the eye. My training, my intelligence, my unique gifts. 
that special uh, under the eye, that special quality that I bring to my work under the nose. The world really does need it under the bottom lip. I've spent a lot of time downplaying it under the collarbone, hiding it, top of the head, being invisible inside the eyebrow. I've spent a lot of time trying to be someone else. Side of the eye. I'm just going to honor that. Under the eye. But I totally honor how special I am. Under the nose. How much I love talking about my work. Under my bottom lip. I pour my heart and soul into it. Under the collarbone. And I really love to share that with more people. Top of the head. So many more people inside the collarbone, and I totally deserve to receive, by the die, to receive based on my giving, under the eye, based on my amazing value, under the nose, I choose to stand here and shine with my unique brilliance, under my bottom lip, with my heart open for all to see, under the collarbone. I totally honor that I'm a miracle. Top of the head. I'm a rock star. Side of the, inside of the eyebrow. And I give everyone else permission to shine too. Side of the eye. Shine fully with their light. Under the eye. Because I choose to shine fully with my light. Under the nose. And as I shine my brilliance, under the bottom lip, the whole universe responds and under the collarbone. And from my actions, top of the head, I will receive the exact value back in money and wealth inside the collarbone, in praise and support, side of the eye, in everything I desire. And under the eye, I start to let go of my vow to be invisible. And everybody take a deep breath. Ooh. So how was that, Jessica? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. You know me. I'm yawning like crazy over here because whenever <laughs> you tapping, I just, my whole body relaxes and I just release all of this energy. So I feel great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For You're that. welcome. So. So those of you who aren't familiar with tapping, so you go back and listen to these over and over and do them over and over again. And it'll release, it'll keep releasing, um, you know, new uh, blocks that you, that you you'll start to realize. Oh, look at that's where I'm, where I'm not shining my light, and oh, this is where I would like to shine my light. So it'll it'll keep um, shutting what you don't need anymore and keep reveal, revealing what the truth is of, of who you are. And and, and, and it, when you're in that new energy, you attract new people, new circumstances, um, you know, uh, new flows of income, new ideas. You know, you allow, when you get rid of the fears and the blocks, you allow all this inspiration to drop in. And so the support will come. So start to say, I am supported. 
I do desire. I do deserve. I am worthy. I can do this. So watch where you're saying, I can't, you know, I don't, I, I'm not good enough. Those, those are, that's the, the programming. Those are negative programming. Okay, so like we said in the beginning, this is a huge topic. <laughs> we cannot cover everything, but I think we covered a lot, Jessica. We did, and I just want to speak to, just for everyone, how powerful this tapping has been in my own life in terms of shifting, making major shifts, and I always find that I have such incredible breakthroughs, and like you said, new ideas and new inspirations, and things just start showing up as we shed these layers of the old limiting beliefs and the fears. Mm. So thank you so much for walking us through that, and just letting us in. It's such an, I think it's such a valuable tool and an important one for us. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all that you do. And how can people find you and, 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 you know, uh, share the, the, you know, the, uh, things that you're offering right now, the services that you're offering? Yeah. So right now I am launching the next, what I call trimester of my e-course called Keep Your Ass in the Studio. So this is an e-course for any artist out there who is really ready to claim their calling as an artist and create the most conducive, beautiful conditions so they can show up and make their art consistently. And the way to find this is through www.tinyurl.com forward slash studio. So A-S-S-I-N-S-T-U-D-I-O tinyurl.com forward slash ask in studio. And if they don't remember that, they can find you on Facebook? Yes, Jessica Saran, S-E-R-R-A-N, will get anyone to me in a heartbeat, Googling Jessica Saran. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if any of you, and anything else you want to promote there or? No, that's it. I'm happy to do. I I know that you're going to segue into talking about your website and your work, and I highly recommend. This is just a testimonial from the bottom of my heart that working with you has been created some of the most profound shifts around my money, my ability to be seen, all of that. So, yes, Marilyn's an amazing coach and healer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, so mainly, um, you know, if you're struggling with perfection and struggling with your, your energy and being seen and heard and you're ready, you're ready again to step out um, and serve and stand stand out, step out. And, um, oops, hang on, sorry. Um my my clients, so we're running a little over my clients, like, where are you? Um, to be seen and heard and to receive, you know, what it is that you deserve and need in your life, um, then you can, um, I do one-on-one coaching and I'm really invested in you. Um, and this is long-term coaching because change takes time and, um, and, I'm wanting you to be invested in in your in your change, 
Um, you can find out more about me. And, 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 and introductory, the one thing that I would say, uh, too, is that if you're having money issues, I have a, a, a great uh, uh, tool. It's called the Money Map. It costs $100. I spend 90 minutes with you. You get to find out what some of these beliefs are that are uh, what the majority, the root beliefs that are holding you back um, from you receiving more money. So that that is something that you can do short time, uh, short term. Um, otherwise, everything with me is at least three months. Um, but you can go on my website, uh, www.marilynomalley.com. That's M-A-R-I-L-Y-N. O-M-A-L-L-E-Y. And uh, thank you, Jessica, and thank you, everybody, for being here. And um, this is lovely. I actually think we could do a whole other version of this and uh, because there's, again, so much more information on it. And I think we might do that. This could be something that um, – and any of you that, um, you know, respond back to us, uh, get back to us, send us a message either I'm on Facebook also um, or go to my website and leave me a message or comment um, or, 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 you know, find our all of our information on, on Facebook too. Um, and, and let us know how we can serve you. If this was helpful to you, if you have more questions or what you want to dive deeper into because we really are a we are here for you. Um, you know, that, that, this is our life calling. And, um, and so letting us know how we can better serve you um, helps us serve you, right? Just like you knowing um, what you're here to do and, and, and knowing what your clients and um, the world needs from you helps you do that in a more streamlined way. So thank you very much. Thank you again, Jessica. Blessings you. to you all. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.